Today we conclude our grown-up VBS series, uh, where each week we've, we've uh, had the opportunity to dive into a familiar childhood story of the Bible, hoping to come away with a grown-up understanding. We've explored the stories of Noah, Abraham, Joseph, David, and Jonah. Last week we explored the story of Jesus and the Samaritan woman at the well. It's been a lot of fun. I'm going to miss the silly songs and the unique opportunities these themes have presented us in worship. I also truly appreciate you all, all of you being such good sports this summer with all of the uh, crazy and different things we've presented to you uh, in worship to get us a little out of our comfort zones and uh, a little deeper into these beloved childhood stories of the Bible. But today, we end the series. We end the series with the story of Jesus and his encounter with the tax collector Zacchaeus in Luke's gospel. He's actually the only one to include this story in his gospel. Compared to the other stories in this series, this is a significantly shorter passage. It's only 10 verses long. But these verses pack a serious depth that gives us much to work with to understand Jesus' call to seek out and to save the lost. I invite you to listen now with open hearts and minds as we encounter God's word together from the 19th chapter of Luke's gospel, beginning with the first verse. He entered Jericho and was passing through it. A man was there named Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was rich. He was trying to see who Jesus was, but on account of the crowd, he could not, because he was short in stature. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore tree to see him, because he was going to pass that way. When Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. So he hurried down and was happy to welcome him. All who saw it began to grumble and said, He has gone to be the guest of one who is a sinner. Zacchaeus stood there and said to the Lord, Look, half of my possessions, Lord, I will give to the poor. And if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I will pay back four times as much. But Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, because he too is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek out and save the lost. This is the word of the Lord. So in our reading, Jesus and his disciples are passing through the small town of Jericho that's just on the outskirts of the big city of Jerusalem. It's about a day's journey by foot from it. Jesus, of course, is on his way to Jerusalem, and this encounter with Zacchaeus is his final act of ministry in Luke's gospel before his passion story begins in the very next chapter. We meet Zacchaeus, who is a tax collector, but not just any tax collector— He was the chief tax collector. The Greek word here is archetelone, which is arche, ruler, and telonis, which is tax collector. This is the only time this compound word appears in the entire New Testament. Luke wants us to know that Zacchaeus was powerful, that he was wealthy, but also that he was despised. He was despised by his entire community. 
Tax collectors attracted a special blend of hatred from their communities in first century Palestine. And yes, part of that is because, like today, no one likes paying taxes. But even more so, he wasn't just collecting taxes. He was collecting taxes for Rome. He was taking money from his Jewish brothers and sisters and passing it on to the occupying empire who levied heavy and often arbitrary taxes, among other acts of oppression. And Zacchaeus was essentially the regional manager of this operation, supervising all the other tax collectors, Telones, in this reason. Luke's gospel has talked about the despised community of tax collectors earlier in his gospel. And he talks about them as being among those who came to John to be baptized. They ask John for spiritual guidance in their profession, and notably, he doesn't tell them to quit but rather not to demand more from people than what is required. Basically, to be fair. But now, the chief tax collector wants to see Jesus. And we as the readers are in suspense as to how this encounter will go. Will he surprise us and be like those who listen to John? Or will he fulfill all of our stereotypes and prove to be just a greedy pawn of Rome? There's a problem, of course. A huge crowd is gathered to witness Jesus passing through Jericho, almost like a parade. Zacchaeus is described by Luke as being short in stature, which we, of course, had, it was a big part of the the little VBS song that we did in the beginning of the service. But this seems to almost have a double meaning. He is physically short, yes, but his status in the community is also very small. Zacchaeus cannot see over the crowds, nor will anyone move aside for him so that he can see Jesus. So he decides to climb a sycamore tree to see Jesus passing through, which must have been an interesting sight to see such a grown man who is also a distinguished officer of Rome climb up a tree. Jesus passes by, sees Zacchaeus up in a tree, and calls him down, saying that he must stay at Zacchaeus' house today. Zacchaeus, you can imagine, must have been excited, nervous, and about a dozen other emotions to welcome the famous prophet into his home. But of course there was grumbling, and lots of grumbling. Luke uses an unusual adjective here, all. He says, all who saw this began to grumble. They began to question Jesus' choice of a dinner host because he was a sinner. But here it says all. All who saw this grumble. The Greek word here is pontus. All including not just just the Sadducees and Pharisees. All including the disciples, the followers, and the townsfolk. Jesus offends just about everyone here with this act. He offends everyone but Zacchaeus with this invitation to dine with him. At home, we see Zacchaeus plead his case with Jesus, and it's almost as if the crowd has followed him to see what would happen next. He says, that is Zacchaeus, Look, half my possessions, Lord, I will give to the poor, and if I've defrauded anyone of anything, I will pay back four times as much. 
Here, friends, is where our English Bibles, I believe, fail us. Our Bibles have Zacchaeus saying, I will give, I will pay back. The verbs here are in a future tense, denoting some kind of future action, making us think some kind of great conversion of Zacchaeus has taken place. That Zacchaeus will change from his greedy tax-collecting ways, which is the traditional story, or traditional way the story has been told. But if you look, in the original Greek text, these verbs aren't future. They're present tense. As in, Zacchaeus really says, look, I give half my possessions to the poor. And if I defraud anyone of anything, I pay back fourfold. Zacchaeus hasn't been converted. Rather, he pleads his case to the Lord, hoping to be justified, hoping to be seen as a good and faithful person. Perhaps Zacchaeus isn't so greedy and sinful after all. It makes me think that perhaps we as the church have been part of this grumbling crowd all these years. He's a wealthy person, but he's generous. He gives half his possessions to the poor. He, he says that he pays back fourfold when he wrongs someone, going above and beyond what the Torah requires. So if this isn't a story of conversion, what is it? You could certainly say it's a story about not judging a book by its cover, or even better yet, not to judge people at all. That would certainly be a fine moral of the story to grasp, but I think there's more, friends. There's more Jesus offers to Zacchaeus than a relief of judgment. And I think there's more than a moral that the story offers us as the church, seeking to follow Christ here and now. Jesus tells us in his response to Zacchaeus, Today, today salvation has come to this house, because he too is a son of Abraham. This is a story about salvation, but not necessarily salvation in the way we often think about it, in the sweet by and by. Here Jesus talks about salvation experienced here and now. It's almost a little bit of wordplay in that Jesus' own name means salvation, and he literally has just come to Zacchaeus' house. Throughout the gospel, Jesus has made this idea clear that salvation, building the kingdom of God, isn't just in the afterlife. It's here and now. The house visit gives Zacchaeus the opportunity to plead his case, but it's not Jesus who needs to hear it. It's the crowd, the grumbling crowd. The crowd is surprised at Zacchaeus' piety in spite of the broken system of tax collecting he's caught up in. And their mindset is transformed. As Jesus reminds them that he too is a son of Abraham. He's just as much a part of Israel as each of you. Zacchaeus here doesn't experience conversion as much as he experiences reconciliation. This also shows for Luke's Jesus that salvation is not something only experienced in the sweet by and by when this life passes. Salvation is a reality that can be lived into here and now. Salvation, friends, is experienced when the circle is extended to include all those who were previously on the outside. 
We live into God's salvation in this life when we imitate Jesus and seek out the other Zacchaeuses in our own communities. Maybe Jesus is the only person who could have gotten away with inviting themselves to a stranger's home, but we can still find ways to reach out to the outcasts in our midst, to hear their story, and through this find ways to seek inclusion and reconciliation. His next sentence, though, gives us the full picture. The Son of Man came to seek out and save the lost. Jesus' ministry of building the kingdom of God is about welcoming the outcasts and strangers, the poor and powerless, reconciling them with their communities. That's salvation here and now, today. I love the way scholar Brendan Burns calls this uh, ministry of Jesus. He calls it extending the hospitality of God. A ministry of Jesus that his followers are called to continue. Extending God's hospitality so that our tables always lengthen. Through this, we can be sure that we are living into the kingdom here and now. A man I believe embodied this ministry of extending the hospitality of God was a Presbyterian minister uh, named Fred Rogers. Though you probably know him better, as do I, as Mr. Rogers. Of the beloved children's show, Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. There's a new documentary released and there's a a biopic coming out with Tom Hanks starring as as, uh, Fred Rogers in, in the years to come. His ministry was not one of preaching in a pulpit, but rather of teaching children simply and beautifully to be good neighbors. He embodied this kind of love that tells everyone that they are a child of God, a child of God deserving of welcome, of community. Like Jesus extending this hospitality caused others to grumble in Mr. Rogers' life as he addressed critical issues of his day. One of my favorite quotes of his, uh, um, though, addresses this idea, this idea of sharing and extending the hospitality of God, particularly to those on the margins like we see with Zacchaeus. He says this, We live in a world in which we need to share responsibility." It's easy to say, it's not my child, not my community, not my world, not my problem. Then there are those who see the need and respond. I consider those people my heroes. Friends, these are simple but powerful words. Words that extend the hospitality of God through reconciliation and love while also inviting others to do the same. As I said earlier, I've really enjoyed this grown-up VBS series, and it's sad to to end it today, as it has given us the opportunity to dive a little deeper into some familiar childhood stories of the Bible. But here, taking Mr. Rogers' lead, I think sometimes we overthink things. It seems that the simple message is the one we need to take. How can we share this love? this radical hospitality of God in our own time and community. Friends, as the people of God, we are to share in Christ's ministry of seeking out and saving the lost. 
the story of Jesus and Zacchaeus beckons us to find ways to extend the hospitality of God to the Zacchaeuses in our midst today. Who are the lost, the lonely, the oppressed, and the forgotten in our midst? So may we go and seek to live into the kingdom of God, extending the hospitality of God to those in need of love and reconciliation. And like Jesus, may others grumble over who we share our tables with, that this radical hospitality of our loving God may be extended to the ends of the earth. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.